actually will be interviewing as a team. You are the best movers on the planet. So, bro, what kind of muscles you have? No. Bro, what kind of patterns you have? We're here to fuck shit up. Movement Athlete Podcast episode. I still don't have any idea what episode we're on. I'm Dr. Wes Hendricks. I'm John Lindsay. I think it might be 16. I don't know. We we never know, nor does it really matter. Um, John and I are doing something new today. John's computer is about to die, so he's going to turn it off. So I think we're not even going to be able to look at each other while doing this podcast. I can so. feel your presence, though. It's okay. All right, good. I like that. We, we've done enough of these between this and Instagram Live. We're on the same wavelength now. Maybe I'll close my eyes. Um, let's get into the questions. I think we, we're going to run a mailbag episode today. Um, we got some decent questions, probably a few stupid ones in there too that I'll um, make fun of, um, but some decent ones. What do you want to open with here, buddy? Um, let's start in your world, uh, dream machine slash counterweight systems for calisthenics training. Um, and I'm assuming the dream machine is... I've seen that it's based around ring training, I think, where you're essentially in a little bit of a harness that takes weight off and you're able to do higher level ring work with, it's essentially less load bearing. Am I, am I correct on that? So before we get into it, I'm liking the beard. I noticed you trimmed it down. Totally off topic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Caitlin, gotta, Caitlin, Caitlin likes it too. So that's all. Yeah. Now you got to keep the wife happy. Um, yeah, so what you're talking about, if that's what they're referring to, that's it's literally called the ring thing. Um, you think they would have come up with a better name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's it, what it, I'm familiar it, with. It's the ring thing. I've seen it advertised a lot with like um, Dave Duran and like um, anytime yes. they do Power Monkey seminars. Uh, so if that's what they're referring to, yes, but also this is a mailbag episode where you ask us questions. And was that even a question or is it like what? what, what what are oh, they assuming, yeah, I guess there wasn't a question, but I'm assuming uh, benefits, uh, how to use them, okay. maybe asking for some direction on their, uh, their usability within the calisthenics realm. I love that you can always twist something around and make it positive while I'm over here just saying it's dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so uses. Uh, we're taking extremely challenging movements and making them accessible because things like um, you know, what we see advertised all the time are like ring rolls forward and backwards. We see iron crosses, we see muscle ups. Um, so aside from the muscle ups for a second, you know, the ring rolls forward and backwards in those iron crosses, it really scales the movement down and makes it accessible. Um, so you can kind of more or less follow what would be referred to as a linear progression. Um, you know, which in the calisthenics and body weight gymnastics, um, training we really um we don't have that option a lot of the times you know with machines you know barbells dumbbells you know we can add five ten two and a half even a single pound and continue to train the exercise at a certain rep range and then we adapt and we get stronger but with these body weight movements the progression from movement to movement is the equivalent of sometimes jumping like 50 pounds i always tell people when you go from like a tuck planche to an advanced tuck planche it's a very small um, adjustment or alteration in movement, but it's the equivalent of like adding 50 pounds of the bar. It goes from, you know, people can do a tuck planche and they can't come close to the advance. Um, so this ring thing, um, I feel like they need a better name. 
the ring thing makes these movements accessible and allows us to, we could say, grease the groove and get the pattern going. Because especially like rolling on the rings. I remember the first time I did a forward roll. I don't know about you, but it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I was never, I was never good at those, but uh, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> it was very scary to say the least. Yeah, it was like a leap of faith, you know? So if I had something that was slowing me down and reducing my body weight by 50%, so I could feel what the movement feels like, by all means, I think it's awesome. Same thing with like muscle ups. A lot of the times it's just the coordination of, you know, the timing of pulling to the top of the false grip muscle up and smoothly transitioning around. And when people can feel that and really get the, the mechanics down, the patterning down, um, you know, when it goes back to real time or, or doing it full speed, you know, they, they, they understand the points of performance much better because they can feel it out. Um, so I definitely think it has its, uh, purpose there. I've, have you ever used one? No, no, no. I've never, I've never even seen one in person. I've just seen like various Instagram people using them. Yeah. Neither have I. And same thing goes with, uh, I'm pretty sure you can do, you know, planche work on the rings, lever work on the rings. Um, I'd be curious if you could do one arm chin-ups on the ring, um, because it looks like the way the pulley system set up, um, you have to be using both rings simultaneously um but it could be interesting for you know any of those movements and i don't see um and i don't even think it's that ridiculously priced to be totally honest um i think it's pretty affordable cool so yeah definitely a beneficial tool and as far as the counterweight stuff goes i love and with the one arm chin training having the counterbalance of a pulley even though i can't do a one arm chin feeling that activation of the regress movement, but it feels like a one-arm chin is just such a satisfying and applicable drill. Like it just, you can feel that scap engaging as if you're on one side. Um, so for regressions and progressions for the one-arm chin, I think counterweight stuff is fantastic. Yeah, that's actually a really other good point too. Just training morale. Um, because with like lever work in particular, like the way that we've been regressing, and we've talked about this before in another podcast, the way that we can kind of bridge the gap to other movements is using bands for, you know, movements like planche and lever. Um, but the problem is we kind of have just a general framework of, you know, we're getting some, some sort of increased resistance or support here from this red band or this green band with the ring thing. It looks like we have a much more objective measure where we know how much weight we're applying. So we know if we're actually moving forward. So it's just, it's encouraging. So that probably helps a lot too. All right. So the next question, how to better communicate with online athletes, what words to use and cues? What words to use? I can think of a few words that I use with my athletes on a regular basis. Um, <laughs> so honestly, um, that's a tough one because everyone's going to respond to, you know, cues differently. Um, the best cue is the cue that's going to get the light bulb to go off and, Rarely do I find, you know, maybe there's a few that I could think of that work universally with a, a broad um, or a large population. Um, but it's, it's really about um, finding whatever resonates with them and everyone's going to be different, especially with online. Um, like in person with patients and when I used to train clients, I used to, I would barely give them any cues or directions whatsoever. I used to get say get made fun of that i've got terrible bedside manner because you know i just grab people poke them you know push them in the right direction don't tell them anything um with regards to online training 
I take a lot of videos. Um, I find it easier for me for my own sanity as opposed to trying to explain the intricacies of like scapula mechanics or where I'm looking for the weight distribution of the hands on the handstand or the handstand pushup. I'm filming videos all day long um, explaining what I'm looking for them to accomplish and how I want them to do it. Because um, 90% of the time, most people are going to be much more visual learners and just respond better when they can see something. Because I've, I've said, like I've written out like short stories of descriptions um, where to me, they make total sense. I'm just like, oh, this, this is great. They're going to make, they're going to totally understand. And then I get a response, I don't understand, you know, and I want to be like, well, you're, you're an idiot. And I've probably called a lot of my clients idiots too. But I, for me, I've had most, the most success with just filming videos for my remote clients. How do you, what do you think? Like what, what's worked for you? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, whatever videos you're sending a client to do for the drills, having them as detailed as possible is great. Because yeah. uh, like you said, different cues work for different people. So if you're discussing a long lunge hold, but you're taking two minutes to really describe the little things of it, you'll probably drop some different cues within that that might hit with a certain athlete. Um, the biggest thing I like, two biggest things I like to do is I always remind new clients or people that are on a next phase, hey, send me your stuff in the first two sessions at the very least. Um, Cause I, I know you and I both, we get a lot of people that you send them the, the, the uh, you send them the program and you don't hear from them for three, four weeks. And you're like, Hey, how's it going? And they're like, they send you some videos and you're like, Oh, you haven't been doing this right, this right. And this right. So I think as the student, you should be kind of hold yourself uh, accountable and send in your stuff to your coach to make sure you're getting good feedback. And especially with mobility work, cause when I work with one-on-one -on -one people, it's just mobility work. It, it can just take, and the same can be said for strength work, but it can be, it can take just one little cue to turn a drill from nothing to awesome an extraordinary drill. So if someone's not getting it, I like to have them film themselves and explain to me what they're doing in the movement over the video. That way I can say, okay. Cause sometimes you can't tell if this person's activating the glute when they're pulling the leg back in the long lunge hold you can't see subtleties like that. So having a client um, send you a video where they're in real time saying, all right, right now I'm trying to drive my heel back, trying to tense the glute here. And I'm maintaining that for the duration of the hold. Like that's, to me, that's huge, especially when it comes to mobility work, because there is so many little nuances to drills that can be tough to, I can see some, but there can be some that can be tough to see with just a video. Yeah, hands down. Um, I like what you said there too, because it's really important. The smallest adjustment, you know, the smallest adjustment in a lot of these movements, especially with mobility work in terms of how you're cueing it, you know, we could film the two, like we could film both variations side by side. And from the outsider's perspective, they could look, you know, basically identical, but then the intent of the movement or the small subtle details with a lot of them is what makes the difference. So I really like that you included that. Um, I also like that you have people explain to you um, what they're going through. I'm probably going to, I'm going to take that one from you actually. It's good. Yeah. All right. What skill took you both the longest? Um, there's plenty I'm still working on, but let's say uh, stuff I've got. Not, that's, that's a tough question for me because there's, especially when it comes to like the mobility stuff, it's yeah. tough to say when did I actually start? Um, but I would say like a dragon squat, getting just a normal dragon squat from the ground, 
started it, it took probably about two years of doing mobility work and regressions for it. So um, I don't know if that was my longest, but that's the most, I'd say, memorable for me. So for me, I would definitely say the one-arm chin-up. Um, and it kind of fluctuated. The way my programming started or training started, um, like we would address it for a little while and then we'd move on to other stuff and come back to it. And the whole concept or idea behind the programming or the structure that I was doing for a while that, you know, you're not going to specialize in anything and you just kind of want to be good at everything. Um, so obviously I'm not going to get good at a one-arm chin-up if I don't specialize in it. Um, immediately once I got on a program. And so I, I kind of did that song and dance for a few years. So maybe I attribute my slow progress to never actually taking the ownership and hit, kind of um, addressing it head on. Then finally, I, I hired a coach with the, the only goal to address the one-arm chin-up, you know, and we did a specific one-arm chin-up program for three, four months. Um, and then I finally got it. Um, but you know, if I, I had that goal in my sights for probably three to four years, um, so it definitely took, took a while. Nice. I'm still working on mine like four or five years in. So how's, how's the strength work been? I feel like you've taken a, a, a hiatus from strength work lately. Um, I wouldn't say I've taken a hiatus. I've just been kind of like playing around with stuff more so on the strength side of things, taking the mobility work a little more seriously. Um, mm -hmm. And also, Caitlin and I are just doing like general physical activity more in the summer. So a lot of rest days on the strength work are, are taking place instead. Fair. It's also easier when you're traveling to do uh, mobility work. You know, you can basically do that anywhere more or less. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll do like some uh, kind of general ring work, uh, mixed grip chins, rows, bicep work, tricep work, stuff like that. But uh, I'm, I'm getting back into that in the next couple of weeks. Good. I got to write you that next uh, mesocycle for you, buddy. Yes, please. Um, all right. Next question. Could you combine calisthenics with powerlifting strongman slash strongman effectively? So, yeah, why not? I don't really, when I read that, I'm just like, wow. I, I don't think to myself, well, that was a stupid question. I really have no issue with it. Um, I think you, you kind of do that for some people, don't you, to an extent? Like, yeah. I feel like I see you share stories of clients where one slide they're doing handstand push-up regression work then the next slide they're doing some heavy back squats yeah 100 percent. the thing that you know i can't speak too much to strongman because i don't have people doing strongman specific movements but by all means my 75 percent of my clients are you know deadlifting back squatting and even bench pressing to be totally honest I had one guy the other day, um, and I'll explain in a second why I program bench pressing. Um, we're working towards freestanding handstand pushups, and he had bench press in his cycle, um, and he hadn't bench pressed in years, and he was shocked that he could bench press 225 for, I think, eight reps. Um, wow. and, back, and back when he was focusing on it, you know, he could barely get four to five. And we've been primarily focusing on handstand pushup work. And really, the, the reason why I do this, I like to um, incorporate as many angles as I can. So, you know, a uh, handstand pushup is somewhere between a, an incline bench press and a military press. So it's kind of this hybrid, whereas a bench press is literally, it's pretty much, I'm going to say straight up and down. I understand the mechanics are a little more advanced than that, but we're working different angles here. So we're going to really, um, we're going to do a, I, I find it does a good job to pre prevent overuse injuries or kind of, um, 
um, I can't think of the other term for it. I just call it overuse injuries. Um, so we're preventing overuse injuries. So by all means, I'm incorporating that stuff on a regular basis. And I use the, those weightlifting movements to support or strengthen my gymnastics work um, because it's much easier to hit a higher rep range with dumbbells, with barbells, you know, with cable machines. Um, kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the ring thing. Um, it's hard. It's it's hard to find these progressions within bodyweight exercises that allow us um, to hit a certain rep range. So we could, you know, if I wanted to support the handstand pushup, maybe I would do incline dumbbell bench press and give them a set of ten reps. Um, and if nothing else, we're going to just simply increase the cross-sectional area of the muscle. The muscle gets bigger. It can produce more strength, um, more effective handstand pushup, assuming we're also doing stuff to support the handstand pushup. So by all means, from my perspective, I've actually had really great success with utilizing, we can say it's a really um, commonly thrown around term, but a hybrid program where we combine both. And to be totally honest, it's really fun getting a pump at the end of a gymnastic session, you know, doing some bicep curls or some military presses. Who doesn't like doing that? Yeah, and it doesn't say this in the question, but I kind of put calisthenic work and general mobility work in the same ballpark. Yeah. And if you're doing strongman, I don't, I'm not super dialed into the strongman community, but I know I've seen some stuff on like ESPN2 before where these guys are like really torquing their spine and getting their hips in some gnarly positions to lift weight overhead, get those big kegs up and stuff like that. So having a body that moves well and you're layering strength on top of that, you're just going to be even better because if you're doing strongman competition, there's probably going to be a time where you're like in some spinal side flexion and your hips are in max flexion. And if you've trained close to those ranges before, you're going to be more likely to be able to lift that weight uh, effectively and safely. So um, sure, if really you're not doing some, some structured mobility work and you are doing strongman stuff, get on that stuff. It's, it's going to pay big dividends. No, I never even thought about that. That's a, that's a really good point, especially with like things like forward folds, Jefferson curls. Um, I can't think of any rotational stuff you do, but like even a lot of hip extension stuff, like the active hero, the loaded lunge, all of, yeah. all of, all of that stuff would really support, um, you know, the amount of flexion and extension you're doing where, you know, once again, I'm not very familiar with strongman. I'm just thinking of like a simple, you know, pick up a sandbag or a stone. Yeah. Any loaded, loaded QL stretching would be fabulous. Um, it's a really good point. Yeah. So you're prepared for that side flexion while you're lifting some gnarly weight. Yep. So basically to sum it up, you can combine the two actually, if anything, you should combine, the you two. should combine the two. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the next one? How to fix hip flexor tightness slash discomfort. You want to start with this one? Um, yeah, I would say, so I think the gold standard hip flexor stretch is the long lunge hold. I think it's, it's so, uh, regressible or progressible for any person with that being said, it can be easy to think of weak hip flexors as tight hip flexors. So I would definitely check out the long lunge hold. I I'm going to post an IGTV video on that pretty soon. So by the time this comes out, that might be live, but also I would work on strengthening your hip flexor in a shortened range as well. So just a simple active hip flexion raise, which is you're just standing on one leg and raising the other one, ideally with a straight knee as high as you can, pausing like five, 10 seconds at the top for a few reps. That's, that's a great exercise for strengthening in that short range. 
pairing the two would give you a well-rounded hip flexor. So more than likely, regardless of what the issue is, that could both of those together could could help out quite a bit. Can you? Uh, so I've actually so we've talked about this on previous podcasts or maybe Instagram lives. Um, and I had a few clients ask me about it because they were really fascinated with it. A few that are trainers. Um, are you able to elaborate a little more on that in terms of working, you know, the lengthening and the shortening of it? Because um, when we brought it up, they were slightly confused. And I feel like you're going to do a much better job explaining it than I would. Um, yeah. So a lot of times, so think about just raising your leg. Think about a squat, actually. So when you're in a deep squat, your hip flexor is in a really shortened range. It's the opposite position of where it would be if it was really, really stretched. So if you go into that position, and you're in that position when you're seated too. So if you're spending a lot of time in that position and your muscle's not really working, you're just kind of hanging out there, it gets weak in that position. And so when you go to do squats, do anything, run sprints, uh, play sports, anything that kind of demands that hip flexor do stuff in that shortened range and it's not strong enough, it's going to get, it's going to fatigue easily. It's going to break down and it's going to be sore as shit. And that might feel like tightness. And to some extent it might be tight, but it also needs to be stronger in that shortened range. So, I mean, if you're playing any sport where you're going into some sort of hip flexion and running, moving around, that's your hip flexor working in a shortened range. So it needs to be strong in that range. All right, there we go. Much better answer. Um, now I'm not going to have to do work later on um, to answer my client's questions. You did that for me. I appreciate that. Um, do I have anything to add to that? Um, I feel, I feel like John did a good job answering that. <sighs> he always nails it. No. Yeah. I don't, ha I don't have too much more to say on that. Um, he addressed lengthening, shortening it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, so th that's, the last of the questions there and that's actually perfect timing because i just lost john i'm gonna assume his computer died it was at five percent when we started this um little mailbag episode so i'm guessing it's at zero percent now there's a lot of pressure on me because i always um, rely on him to wrap up these podcasts um let's see give us oh man oh he's coming back thank god i'm, I'm gonna wait Hey, my, I'm on my phone now. My, uh, I was like rapping. Did you hear me say? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. It's, it's okay because I, I was rolling with it for a while. Like I hadn't lost you, but then uh, when I had to wrap up the podcast on my own. I panicked and I just, I was just like, John's gone. I don't know what to do, guys. Because uh, I said, I said, well, I hate to do this, but let's go ahead and wrap it up because I'm at zero percent and somehow <laughs> my computer's still on. So. <laughs> It's like when your car runs out of gas and you see how long you can go at zero miles, uh, zero miles to empty. All right, this this yeah. is good. This is good because now you can, you can wrap it up with uh, however you normally oh, wrap it up. Are we recording? Oh, okay. Oh, we're cool. still recording. This is still going. Nice. Little, little bonus segment. Um, <laughs> yeah, guys, if you like the podcast, please share it on Instagram, wherever, any social media. We love resharing that stuff. Um, and if you can leave us a review, a rating, go subscribe, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like us to kind of jam on a topic, please feel free to DM either of us. We'd be happy to dive a little deeper into some of these things. Um, and also, if you can think of a guest you might want us to interview, we, 
we're starting to get some on the schedule and those podcasts will be coming out soon, but we'd love to get some more in the works as well. So uh, any feedback is good feedback. And this is why I don't do the outros and I uh, have John do it. Nailed it. Nailed it again, buddy. Sweet. All right, we'll call it.